Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to day two of Game shot, uh, the fallout bar. I'm going by Lee Boyce, quite clearly. Hello, mate. Uh, you look almost as red as I do. Um, I hope tonight's <laughs> show goes a little bit smoother than yesterday as well. Uh, the chat room is already absolutely buzzing, so welcome. Hello to everybody who is in there. Also, um, hello, Lee. How, how have you found today in the Winter Gardens to start? It, it's probably the first time I've ever been to a dart event and only drank water for the whole day for two seconds. <laughs> it was great. It was still great. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. I think uh, last night the atmosphere in Winter Gardens was very good. I think today dropped off a little bit, but we're only going to see that in, increase then tomorrow and then moving forward with uh, full capacity in there um, for the rest of the week. So, But overall, yeah, it's been very good. Good start to the week. And a bumper session of darts. Um, last night's show was, was long enough, but today we've got to talk through eight games of darts. And then we have to look forward to tomorrow's final round of games for round one at the match play. I can't believe we're already over halfway through the first round. Already. We have waited so long for live darts for Cry to be back, and it is passing us by almost instantaneously, but it has been awesome to have everybody back. 100%, mate. 100%. It's, uh, it's flew by today. It's, um, it's flew by the, the dames this evening, obviously, with some, I know we'll touch upon them in a bit, but with some um, big store lines. But it's it's flew by these three sessions, um, 12 dames. But looking forward now already to tomorrow night's action as well. So it's going to be good. Yeah, and that we'll see the entrance of Michael Van Gogh, which we'll get on to a little bit later. Right, I'm going to be completely honest, mate. For the first four games, you're going to have to help me out an awful lot here because, as you can clearly see by the colour of my skin, I am not okay. normally this red. I'm not normally this 
brown. I'm normally a very distinct shade of a milk bottle. Um, I've been out in the sun for today, Sunday league for my game and my partner's game. Um, so I missed a bit of the afternoon session, mate. So we're just going to go in game order. Um, we're going to start with a result that I didn't really see coming. And that might be a feature of tonight's show, actually. In, in the eight games, there are plenty of these that I just did not see coming. But Christoph Ratajski absolutely brutalising Brendan Dolan 10-4. Yeah, storyline. It's one of those where the storyline says what happens, really. Ratajski played very well. Um, Brendan just didn't show up. Uh, it was one, to be honest, when I looked at today's session, the first two games wasn't ones that really excited me. But the performance of Ratajski, um, it sort of lifted everyone straight away. Um, but overall, very good from Ratajstein. It's going to be interesting to see if he can continue that um, throughout the week. Yeah, the recent form of Ratajstein suggested this just wasn't going to happen. I've that to the recent form of Brendan Dolan, who has been playing mightily well on a pro tour. This this result just didn't seem possible. Not not, not even a win. Not even a close win to Ratajstein. It just didn't seem like it was on the cards. He's been so far back. I was getting abuse from a friend earlier. He said, oh, yeah, Ritaski to win. And I was like, he's won five games in the last eight pro tours. It's an exaggeration. But his form really has been nearly that bad. And he's turned up and absolutely battered Brendan Dolan in game one. I, I just did not see it coming at all. What you should have done, Dob, is looked at my Twitter feed about half past 12 when I predicted Brendan Dolan to win. And then you should have realised what was going to happen. <laughs> that's I did case. see people saying, thank the Lord that your <laughs> predictions are normally wrong because you'd quite yeah. clearly gone against some of their favourite players. <laughs> yes, yeah, so as soon as, as I, I think that's it, comfortable, I, probably, I can't remember a top man, I think it was around a 10-6, 10-7 win for Dolan, and then as soon as, after two or three legs, you could see how retired he was playing, I thought, oh, I've done one of them, here's another one, just tends to happen, but yeah, it was, it was a, a very good performance uh, by Christoph, and God says it'll be interesting to see if he can find another performance because we haven't seen this and it was very unexpected um, to see that. So it is going to be interesting to see if he's got any sort of consistency. Yeah, completely agree, mate. Completely agree. We're going to move on. We're going to go through these games pretty quickly tonight. We don't want to keep everybody here for hours and hours and give the technology a chance to break on us once again. So we're going to move on to game number two of the afternoon session. Um, a result that many people predicted, um, but actually a performance that, okay, it started horrendously for Glenn Durant, averaging just 75 at the break, found himself 5-0 down, but at 8-3, I think it was when I looked again, he was averaging over 85, which meant for the next 8-5 uh, to Callan, at that point, he was averaging over 85, which meant his average for that block of eight games, eight legs, sorry, had really kicked on and he seemed to find something in that middle period, Big Ben. Yeah, the, the, the first five legs, he had, I believe, he had a double in every leg. Um, does it didn't, he just, he wasn't finding it and some of them was very, very poor. Some of the darts at the double were so far away. Um, and the reaction, probably the, the loudest I heard Winter Dardens today was the reaction when Glenn Durant got that first leg on the board and it, it seems to, you know, charge him up a little bit more and he got 118. It was it was good seeing at one point because of how Ridge was playing. There was that potential of uh, Tom Baton, but unfortunately, um, 
does a, isn't back to that level. But there's certainly glimpses from today that he can at bat. I know there's a lot of talk that how long it's been now that he hasn't played well. Will we see Glenn return to what we saw in the Premier League uh, and his world titles? And there was a glimpse of that today, which was good to see for everyone. I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think of many, if any, have got bad words to say about Glenn Duran. So no one wants to see him playing the way he is. So it's good to see him playing better as he has done today. Yeah, I think you bang on with that, mate. I think if if he whimpered out, still averages seventy five for the entire match, then there's a genuine case that he might very well struggle to get back to top 64 standard in the world. Like It's genuinely been that difficult for him in the last few months. But that fight and that stint, okay, it still wasn't one class, you're not going to beat the top 16 players in the world throwing that. But there was a period where you looked at Glenn and thought, okay, that's Glenn. That's something for him to build on going into the back end of this year. Yeah, without doubt. Lloyd says there was... From that stage when he won his first leg, um, the level of performance was a lot better. And the throwing action seemed to be a lot better. We've seen him on the streams of the Super Series and he's been looping some. But we, today, it seemed to that it seemed to gradually get better. Uh, and if the game was a London format, I do believe that he probably could have got some. He may, may have been able to let that come back. But being 5-0 behind early on, uh, Ridge was always in front and then... One thing we haven't mentioned, which was definitely a funny point of today, was Talon Ridge punching his own watch off. I'm not sure if you've seen that. <laughs> bad one. I did not. Because <laughs> I would have mentioned it. <laughs> have you not seen it? No, I will. I will have to find that bit on Twitter. I don't think we've got the a clip cel- on that. Bit, interestingly, the, the celebration while he's uh, he, he just punches hand and the watch just flies off. Which well. He is Comical through the first moment. round, so maybe he can buy himself a new one. A quick word on Callum before we hear from him, because I think we've got interviews or clips of every player's interviews team. I've already missed Christopher Tarski's. What a start to tonight this is. Um, happy to get through round one. We know how good he can be. We saw him on stage at, at times last year and on TV, but he will have to step up a level if he's going to progress in what is actually quite an open quarter. A very open quarter. Um, I think it's the quarter that everyone wants to be in. Uh, some of the players' draws we was on about that Rids would have wanted to play Duzza. Duzza would have probably wanted to play Rids. Looking at it, most players there would be going into that thinking they've got a very, very good chance of getting to the semi-finals. Yeah, completely agree, mate. Right, as if by magic, hopefully, what is going to happen now is we're going to hear a little clip of Callum Ridd's interview. If you listen to any of the players' interviews from today, head over to the YouTube channel after this show. Obviously, we don't want you leaving us yet, and they will all be available for you on there. So this should be Callum Ridd's in his post-match interview for you guys. It felt amazing, but the performance was awful from the pair of us. But 5-0 at the first break, I thought 10-0 game done, that was it, and then the crowd started getting into it, and my hand started growing, and when I won, I think it was to go 9-5 up, punched my hand to like give my confidence and snap my watch off my hand. <laughs> there we go. If only I'd actually watched the media we're about to put out, I would have known that he snapped his watch off his hand. We're nothing but well prepared here at Online Tars. Uh, game number three, then. Um, I had a very, very strong feeling that this was going to be the first extra um, legs game that we <laughs> saw in round one. Um, 
Instead, though, Rob Cross getting that crucial breaker throw and winning 10-8 against a spirited Ross Smith, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, it was it was a good game. It was an overall good game. The best game of the afternoon. Um, not the best performance individually, but the best game. Um, and Rob Toss. It was good to see Rob Toss back to playing a standard that he can play. Um, I'm still not sure he's back to his best. But if he's got a draw that he can play himself into some good form, it's certainly the draw he's got in this quarter. So... He's certainly one to watch out for if he can progress uh, down by down. I was laughing before you come to me because I've seen the comments around my posture throughout the afternoon because I was <laughs> sat behind the player's right shoulder. However, I, the reason behind it is because I was doing the live blog at the same time. So I was trying to take my eyes everywhere. But I could constantly see myself on the phone and got plenty of messages saying, get off the phone, you're at the darts. But I was working. That's the only reason. <laughs> look, at that, look at that commitment from the team. You don't get that anywhere else. They're all skulking out in the back or, or sat at home. Lee's banging in the arena, doing it on site for us. Um, look, a, a steady performance from Ross Smith. He seems to be firing 180s of fun, firing seven. Um, but Rob Cross, 100 average. Look, I don't want to brag here, but I've been saying for a while that he's actually throwing okay. He's been averaging mid 90s and has been pretty solid but this seems to be that extra step that extra kick on and like you just said he is in a very open part of the draw now he will play Callum Ridd's next I believe yeah and the, and with Rob Cross as well there was still some darts that was dropped into one and fives we did see a few leads of inconsistencies but that just shown how well he played that he still averaged 100 overall uh, a very very good performance and Got to be the favourite to come out of that quarter. And it, it depends on what Lou wow. Humphries does. Because if Lou Humphries is in the form he's shown today, then maybe Lou Humphries is there. But names on the sheet, uh, it yeah. would be Rob Cross. Let's hear from Rob Cross and then we'll talk about Lou Humphries. Here's Rob Cross in his post-match interview. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's been coming, it's probably been coming for three, three months. And don't get me wrong, you always look at the game and you always think to yourself, I need to round this off, I need to round that. If if I took the last Pro Tour, I was quite judgmental on myself because I missed too many doubles, but my scoring's gone up. So, so I'm buying myself chances. I'm not quite taking them. But when I start to take them, then maybe yeah, we could watch something special. Just listen to you. Are you a superstitious player? Because you've gone back to the old darts after changing yeah, them course. last year, and you said the shirt, the old one was unlucky. You couldn't <laughs> win it. You changed. Do things like that really blow your mind? No, not really. I think it's a want. I think it's a want. And I was in a dark place last year where I didn't really want the greatest things out of the game, which. To be honest here, for what the PDC do, and they put them tournaments on, and they don't have to through coronavirus, I'm very, very grateful. But I think I was a guilty player that I never really took advantage of that. And um, at least now I'm ready to play, I feel good, and, and we can move forward now. I'm good good in my own headspace. Close to the Rob Cross of 2017-18? I think he's there, to be honest, but that would be a big, bold show to say that. He's there, Reese. It's just sort of rounding them edges off now and making it a little bit better. Bob, sort of. Always, Cheers, mate. Tell you what, that last line, I was I was big enough, everybody was saying then, like a superstition, but that last line where he thinks 2017 Rob Cross might be nearly back 
is a massive statement to the rest of the field. One man that might be standing his way, should he get past Cameron, by the way, um, in this quarter, if he's going to make it to the semi-finals, is Luke Humphreys. Now, anyone that has ever watched us before knows how difficult the next five minutes are going to be for me, as I happen to be a massive James Wade fan. Um, and I also took him to make the final. However, didn't see it. Glad I didn't see it. But at the same time, the same thing seems to have happened with James Wade as it always happened. You could have seen this coming from leg three because the average, the performance will not change. It will not go up a gear. It will not drop down a gear. It will stay the same. And Luke Humphreys was just miles ahead of him for the entire game, Lee. Yeah, it, it was such a good performance by uh, Luke Humphreys. Um, I know he was heavily tipped by someone in the group. I'm not going to name him. He doesn't deserve to be named. But he's heavily tipped by someone in our group to uh, to depth through this quarter. And that performance um, certainly shows that he can do it. But looking at James Wade, um, I'm waiting for the day where you are proved run, then he turns up for four leads and then the standard changes. But it didn't happen today. He was very like, poor. I, I don't get proved wrong. Wrong. It doesn't happen. It does. And when it does, well, don't do. worry, I'll tell you. <laughs> Not with Wade. It doesn't happen at all, mate. Everybody knows it. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, when, it, when, he, when he came back out after the second break, um, it was looked like he didn't want to be there, looked like he was up. But even earlier on, uh, earlier on in the day, not even at 8-2, even when he was looking at around 6-1, 6-2, Mark, it looked like the game was already won for Humphreys. No, no wading, no specialty from Wade. He did fire at a one four eight, but nothing enough to turn the game. Um, Luke Humphreys, then these two met in the UK Open final. Didn't quite go his way. Former World Youth Champion has absolutely smashed the development tour. Has effectively done his apprenticeship in darts. Can he go all the way and win one of these big ones, or is it still a little bit too early for him? I think it's too early. But we've seen Dimmy I... of a similar age, of a similar pedigree from the development tour, win one behind closed doors last year. Luke's the first player to contender to win in the Premier League, plus has been to a major final already. After that performance, surely, surely he's gotta be good value to get somewhere here. I think he'll get, I think there's a, a massive opportunity now to get to the semi-finals. Obviously, looking at him and Cross out of this quarter, but to actually win a tournament, I'm not sure. Especially this one, just the lead on lead. I'm not sure plays into his favour. Where I think he's more likely in a set play, personally, or a shorter format to win his first one. But he's got once then. When you look at this quarter. Everyone has got that opportunity to play themselves into some sort of form. And Cross and Humphreys have played very well today, but it's can they follow it up and do it again? And then potentially, yeah. and I don't want to disregard the other two players, but can they potentially do it again and then meet each other and then go into a semi final? And then when they're in that stage, obviously anything can happen. But I just think it's a little too early for Humphreys to be looked at as a major winner or a TV winner, whichever we want to say. Yeah. I mean, we keep mentioning this part of the draw as the draw part that everybody wants to be in. Three of the four players that won this part of the draw today averaged over 100. That's better than any other quarter in the draw so far. It's been pretty good from those three. 
But all of them for our job, how many of them for do you expect to average over 100 in their next game? Because with a lot of these players, it's not been that they haven't got this game in home. It's the consistency just hasn't been there for yeah. that period of time. So how many of them for do we expect to average over 100, potentially one? That, my friend, is the million-dollar question. Interview number four. Now, let's hear from Luke Humphreys before we round off the afternoon session and move on to the evening session. So, this is Luke in his post-match interview. Um, but, you know, I beat him the other week 6-1 on the Pro Tour. And, you know, I think that when you get in front of James, he sort of... He feels like he looks like he can't be bothered. Uh, and I knew that was the case. And that's why I thought, you know, get in front of him really early, punish him, you know, and obviously, like I did, you know, punish his misses. And he did miss, you know, I think there was one leg there. He missed five or six darts, you know, a double. And I come in and punished him. Uh, and usually that's the other way around. Usually James does that to other people. So I felt like, you know, punish his mistakes. And he did have a few mistakes. And I think that's why, you know, the scoreline was, was pretty flattering for me. Pretty fair assessment from Luke there. I think if you, if you look back at the game, on to tonight's session then, Lee. Double session in the Winter Gardens, the only day that it happens. Eight game bonanza, which meant you had a small turnaround and we're back straight into the sweat box that is the Empress Ballroom. Uh, game number one tonight is a game that I could have watched for hours. I could have I could go back and watch this game on repeat for hours and not be bored. Um, you mentioned Rob Cross and my fifth potential game of the day. This is mine comfortably. Joe Cullen, 10. Chris Dovey, 8. Another one that I backed to go to the extra legs and, and would have loved to seen this go to, to 15 in all. Um, but a superb game that Joe Cullen just sneaks over the line in. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to rephrase it. Rob Cross was my favourite game of the session, not of the day. Um, this was the favourite one of the day. I'm with you on that. Um, it was so good to watch. There was, it was just undoing at each other back to back. It was a very good day. Could have done either way, um, but it was. It was strange to see the emotion from Joe Cullen to that extreme because we didn't see any until the back end of the day, and then at the end, we saw him. Um, you know, there was tears in his eyes, and he was really, really pumped up for it. But we didn't see that at the early parts of it. It was just both players down for it. Nothing really shown in emotion-wise with finishes, but I'm just both, both down back and back. And with you, I'd love to have seen that over a best of 40, 50 seats a day, however long. I thought I'd watch that for the session, just the one day. I, I completely agree, man. And look, that is how dart should be played. That is how dart should be played. Just two players going at it. The emotion came at the end. Once the game was done, absolutely perfect. There was nothing there to try and put your opponent off. There was nothing there for the benefit of anybody else. They just got up there, they threw their darts, and they let them do the talking. And that, my friend, is how a darts game should be played at the highest calibre. Um, superb performance from both. Look, as the game went on, you sort of feared for Chris Dobie because the, the, the plucky loser tag that used to be attached to Joe Cullen he seems to be over that now, whereas Chris Dovey has been involved in these magnificent televised battles and never really seems to get over the line in it. And the longer this game went on, the more you thought that that might just happen again and Joe Cullen would do something interesting and he does pinch it towards the back end. How much of a worry is that for Chris Dovey? Because he's got so much talent. I mean, he won a Pro Tour title last weekend. 
he still put this performance in up on the match play stage. Once again, we saw that a couple of years back. Like, he's got to start getting over the line soon, surely, hasn't he? Yeah, and for me, there's probably one part in the game, led, I'm just looking up, led 16. He was on one six four and the two treble 19s and just wired the ball for the 25. And for me, that was the part where I thought, if that does, that would be the game changer because he needs that sort of moment and back end of a game. Because like you say, we do see him fade away sometimes towards the end of games. But I think the one six four at that point could have potentially been a game changer for um, Dolby. There is, a, there is that worry that he's not seen the dames over the line, but he played very well today. I don't want to criticise him too much because he was involved in what was, for me, probably the game, not just of today, the game we've seen, the best game we've seen so far um, over the three sessions. Yeah, completely agree, mate. Back to Colin, then. Obviously, a little bit emotional towards the end. He's part of the Pro Tours last week for some personal uh, issues and that seemed to just be a massive weight off his shoulder winning that, that first game. Just that pure release of emotion for Joe Cullen was really, really nice to see because you could obviously see that it meant a lot to the man getting over the line in that game. Yeah, and he had he had some friends and or family that was in the in the crowd as well and he could see he, he sort of thumbed down to them. He wasn't allowed to go all the way sort of over to them, but he thumbed down and sort of had a celebration with them as such. So you could tell that he some, something happened personally and there was that emotion that he's not a player we see that from or we've seen from before that I can think of. Um, but it's always good to say, it's always good to see how much it means to the players. And um, when we've spoke about, or Luke Humphries has spoke about someone potentially not giving up, but not wanting to head down and not wanting to, carry on the dames as he thinks it's over. It's good to see someone with that much emotion when they win a game. Um, and fair play to Dolby, because on stage, uh, Chris Dolby, losing such a tight game uh, was a great sport. Yeah, completely agree. Right, let's hear from Joe Cullen um, so that we can get his interview out for you and then we can start talking about the rest of the evening. I believe we've got a question to answer as well once this interview's done. So this is Joe Cullen in his post-match press conference for you guys. <laughs> You know, you get all these people that do interviews and say, I'm going to win this, I'm going to win that. Perfect example, Peter Wright, he's playing Danny Hopper, he says he's going to win the world, he's going to win this, he's going to win that. The amount of times he said it and got egg on his face and got beat first round is unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? So we'll, we'll see Wednesday night. If it is him, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'll give him a great game. Don't worry about that. Well, look, I mean, you've... Ooh, ooh, ooh. He normally <laughs> left to the snake bite to stoke up the fire. But Joe Cullen went swinging in early and how that may have backfired after this evening is yet to see. Right, I believe we've got a question to answer. That should pop up on the screen. What has happened to Dory? He really has problems with his throwing technique. Has anything happened to him before? He had the same problem during the Premier League. Um, look, this, is, this isn't something new for Glenn. Um, he struggled towards the back end of the Premier League campaign. He did actually go on to win. Um, there was there were slight gremlins creeping into his technique, I think. Um, after that, he had COVID um, and struggled a lot with that. And he hasn't really managed to find the form that he carried into the PDC when he first burst onto the scene. He was a bit of a... He had something to prove. He, he's now won a big title. He's won the Premier League, the, the second big first in the sport. Um, he's a three-time world champion. 
He's not getting any younger either, without being disrespectful. Um, but he just, for me, he's overanalyzing the game a lot now because Glenn used to be, he used to work, he used to work uh, in the housing uh, for the for the council like he was up in in Middlesbrough. Um, he used to be on his social media. He, he doesn't do any of that anymore. So he literally has darts to focus on now. He wakes up in the morning and he has practice or sit around and do nothing. And I think that's where it just works differently for some players. Johnny Clayton still works and a lot's been made of that too. And a lot of players just need something to switch off that release. Mervyn King, when he got himself a job with Amazon delivering parcels over lockdown to keep himself occupied and his darts have arguably been as good in the last 18 months while he's doing that as they have been in his entire PDC career. Um, yeah, Glenn's just clearly not in the best place. Overanalyzing the game a little bit. He, he keeps making adjustments to his throw that doesn't seem to quite match up with what it was when he was winning world titles and, and the Premier League. Um, and he, he's got a bit of a way to go to get back to being top 16 calibre in the world right now, Lee, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I think you've... Yeah, it's spot on there, mate. The, the one thing I would say is, and I'll touch on it while we was talking about his day, is there was signs today. Um, if you ignore the first session, there were signs today that it handed it back and there hasn't been anything over the previous months that's made me think that that's a possibility, um, yeah. which does pain me to say. But there was signs today that there is something there for him to work on. Um, we just hope he doesn't overanalyze it then and look at the the first five legs too much. Take that out of it. Watch from after the first interval. Um, and he will see there is a lot of positives there. Yeah, completely agree. Right, three more games to talk about from tonight then. Then we'll have a look at tomorrow. And then if we've got any time, we might do a few questions towards the end. But we're not promising anything on that one because it is Sunday and some of us have to be up stupidly early in the morning. Um, <laughs> game number two from this evening. This one did not go down very well on Twitter. Um, there are a lot of Ryan Cell fans out there nowadays, um, but Michael Smith wins 10-7 uh, to pass his way into round two. Um, a game that didn't set the world alight, but was, again was played at a reasonable pace. And just that experience from Bully Boy being up on that big stage um, took out a monster 1-3-6 at one point to, to break, I think it was. Um, and he never really looked back from there. He, he was comfortable out in front. Yeah, there was there was one opportunity in led twelve it was seven five Smith and so missed a handful of darts. Uh, but the question you asked around Dolby around getting close and not finishing matches, there was a bit we saw today. He, he was never confident. Well, I certainly wasn't ever confident that Saul was gonna was gonna turn that down round. Smith played okay. Uh, very strange stat to see. I'd say I believe you'd put it on Dob around no one eighties. Um, and yeah, no one eighties, but fifty-two percent on the doubles, which is not very like bully boy at all. I don't think, apart from the first day he picked up darts, that Michael Smith would have played seventeen legs and not is a one eighty. So this is not to be a first. I've never known him in a first to see today, not is a one eighty. So, um, but overall, I'd say if he can add them into that, it's just a very, very difficult quarter that he's in. Um, the level he was at today won't be enough for me to get through that quarter. It's uh, it's very different to the the one that we was in the afternoon session because I think yeah. all four of the winners from tonight would love to be in an afternoon group um, and would be very confident they'll be down to the semis where 
there's some big names in the diet in round two from this quarter. Yeah, it's fair to say he might need a few 180s in, against his next round opponent. We'll get on to that shortly. Um, Ryan Sol has been fantastic on the Pro Tours recently. He'll be disappointed to get the 90s average. Seven out of 18 on the double. So he had chance. He only had one attempt at double less than Michael Smith, but just couldn't take them at the right moment. Yeah, spot on, mate. Um, he's one we're going to see more of. We certainly didn't see more of because of his form on the um, Pro Tour, so he's going to be in a lot more of the TV tournaments. He's one that's done it that better. I believe he will that better. But there's still that question mark around how deep he can go into these tournaments, and that question mark's going to remain until the day he does, if he does. Um, but he's certainly got the quality too, as we see that in the Super Series events. Completely bang on. Right, you know what time it is in here from Michael Smith now in his post-match interview. I did tell me on the way down, but the, <laughs> the minute I listened to, I'm not going to say Mardo because he was the one I said I was going to get beat, but the minute I listened to someone tell me something different, I'm going to pack in. I'm not the person that listened to. That's why on my Facebook, I'm, I've not got time for negative here or whatever. I've got two kids too, I've got a wife. I'm here to earn as much as I can win titles for myself and they have the best life. The minute I listen to that, I'm done. I'd, I'd rather just stay at home. <laughs> I tell you what, these players being cooped up in front, well, away from fans for the last eighteen months. There's something about a few of them that they've got that little bit of. I don't even know what the word is, but they've got that edge to them, haven't they? In these interviews at the minute, they are not afraid and they are not pulling any punches. And to be honest, it makes our job a million times better. Because if that doesn't get us watches on YouTube, absolutely nothing will. Players just hammering each other before they get anywhere near the board. And I am so here for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone normally loves a name drop. Not when it's like that. Wayne Mardell will not enjoy that one a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Not the first, not the first time that Wayne has, has yeah. been on the end of, of comments similar either. Um, <laughs> in the background if you're not sure uh two games to go then and these two absolutely flew by um i fully expected Danny enough as i fully expected gabriel clemens to give his opponent a tougher run but peter wright uh 99 average changes darts just before he walked onto the stage was practicing with some completely different i'd love to pretend i'm surprised but i'm really not um, but a 99 average, 10 to victory, 52% on the doubles. Job done for the former world champion on his return to the Winter Gardens. It, it is job done. Yeah, I don't want to go down the route of criticising um, the change of darts because he's a world champion and he knows a lot more than what I do. But it's just very strange the sort of the confidence he has in the after his Super Series win to say these are the darts I'm going to be down to the match play with. Did any of us believe it? No, we didn't. Maybe one day, you know, it's better well, to play one I think Dart's going to say, but he probably... changed his flight and stem. Apparently, he changed his throwing action as well. And then it looked absolutely spot on to what he normally throws with. And it was interesting to listen to Mardell, ironically, after all the stick he had, <laughs> afterwards saying that his throw didn't look different at all. And if he's changed his action for a different setup and gone back to it, he shouldn't be doing that. But then again, what do any of us know? Jay that's a good question. Why did players get so offensive about Mardo just doing his job? I, I, I honestly don't know. I think that there's a lack of 
I think the players have got very close, very friendly, very pally. And a few years ago, there was enough comments from other players or enough rivalries to get yourselves fired up. Nowadays, they're all a bit too nice to each other. They all don't want to say too much, apart from Pete Wright, who we'll get on to a bit. So they leave it to whoever is having to put an opinion out there. And that happens to be Wayne. And if the players don't like it, they're using that as motivation. They're using that as something to drive themselves on. And they're using that as something to pin to in an interview, I think. Yeah, I think Mardell's paid to give his opinion. But the players are also given their opportunity to say what they like in interviews. So if they are listening to Mardell... I'm sure Mardell's going to enjoy that most players are now mentioning his name to say, you know, we're doing this because of Mardell or this happened because of Mardell. He's going to enjoy that because obviously he's given his opinion and he's paid to do so. But the players might want to, you know, are on a little dig at him or like Michael Smith said today. But they've got the right to do it as well. It's not, for me, it's all done and well to see the interviews we've seen today. Like he says, when players speak like that, more people are going to be watching our interviews and certainly there's a couple on there today that are worth watching if you haven't already. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And when a player tells you they don't practice or they practice 10 hours a day, when a player tells you they don't read the papers or they stay off social media, it's all complete nonsense. It's all just the things they think they should be saying. They are lapping every single little comment up. We know it. We we absolutely know it. Um, if Dob, Dob, if players didn't listen or watch anything like this, there would never have been the conversation about Chris Dolby's music, would there? So they certainly yeah. listen to some of us. They certainly yeah. listen to some of us. And, <laughs> and I didn't even mention when we spoke about Chris Dolby earlier. He's at 17s tonight. What a boy. They're learning. The players are learning. And he's definitely one that was watching the show because I was giving him abuse about his walk on music last week. Back to this game, though, because we're going to have to keep moving on. Uh, look. Disappointing from Danny Knopper, who this time last year and, and the year before we were saying was the non-seed that everybody wants to get. He put into good performances, started to turn that around and then was just very, very flat today. Yeah, it, it was very uh, it was very disappointing from uh, Knopper. I'm a right fan, so I wanted to see right them through it. But we wanted to see a game and that, that just didn't happen. Um, especially from... We were speaking earlier about the players who haven't been in form and turned up hitting over 100 averages. Danny Nopper has been playing some very good stuff and we've seen a, a reverse with uh, Nopper and he just wasn't there. And Peter Wright was very good. We know what Peter Wright can do, even more so when fans are there. Um, and Peter Wright just done Peter Wright things and Nopper just couldn't get into the game at all. Which, was, like I said, was disappointing to see because we wanted more of a game than what we got in that one and the last one. Yeah, completely agree, mate. Back to Sneaky then. We're about to hear from him in his interview when he talks up chances of potentially lifting the trophy and who might stand in his way. Myself, and that's it. And no one else. You're not looking at somebody like the sounds no. like Joe Cullen in no. the next round? No. no. They've just got to play well but to get near me. That's it. No one, absolutely no one is standing in Peter Wright's way, according to Peter Wright, apart from maybe himself. That full interview is, of course, over on our YouTube channel. Uh, on to the final game of the night. And I was on our Twitter handle and, and tweeting at various times earlier this evening. 
And I genuinely didn't believe I was going to have to tweet that there was going to be a third mini session, which is when we normally re-emphasize our blog to people. Then two legs were one, then I completely forgot. Uh, but this had every single uh, making of a whitewash that would have been celebrated almost as much by Jose de Souza as the fact that the UK is now free. Lockdown has <laughs> been lifted. What a link that was, by the way. Absolutely nothing to do with the fact you've just messaged me. Uh, Freedom Day is here. No more masks. What that really means for you guys listening is that tomorrow the Winter Gardens will be at full capacity. What a time to be alive, folks. That is where we're going with this. Full capacity. Lee's got friends tomorrow night. They're going to be making so much more noise. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, that means a few of you might be there and you can get them a few more walks. The boy's ball. still struggling. <laughs> and yes, Jar, you can go you can go to Popwell, of course, mate. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about the tart, shall we? Homes hit us out of 10. Gabriel Clemens to um, look, this is an absolute carbon copy of Peng Four. Uh, Jose was solid. Uh, Gabriel just didn't turn up for a man that has made the last 16 of literally every PDC um, tournament he's, he's PDC major he's played in. Theresa's going to be at the Winter Gardens last minute, making the trip over from Lancashire. Um, the 10 2 victory for Jose de Souza. Um, there wasn't really a lot to talk about in this match, apart from the moment when Gabriel Clemens finally won a leg league. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Just, Jose was clapping him at the back of the stage. And yes, he was. And I if don't, don't, don't want to say... I don't want to say... Yeah, I don't want to say it was patronising because the both <laughs> had a little more to each other. However, there's no way it can't be. When you're... Oh. Was it 8-0? Was it 8-0 at the time? And you just yeah. want a leg. If you're playing someone in the pub and you are eight 0 behind and then win a leg, sarcastically as a friend, I expect them to clap, um, clap you. Professional players on a stage when you're eight 0 down. <laughs> I'm not too sure it's the right thing to do. And to be honest, even if I make it up and sarcastically clap a friend, I still expect to get slapped for it. Someone else be gets away of it if beyond me. Yeah, and I wondered, I wondered any character, and I'm sure it wasn't meant in any. Um, yeah, aggression from Jose. I wouldn't be doing it to someone the size of Gabriel Clemens as well. No, it's like it's like it's like sarcastic like clapping clear matter. You wouldn't do it. Yeah, you wouldn't do it. You just like, look down. <laughs> if they walk up to me and tell me it's currently December, it's December. They can have it. I'm not arguing. <laughs> they are big old boys. <laughs> um. Big win for Jose, then let's talk about who we will play in the next round, because that is Michael Smith. We mentioned the lack of scoring from him earlier. That, mate, has all the makings of an absolute belter. It should be, because um, the one thing Smith had missing today was his storing. You expect to see him storing on, uh, when they meet next time on what day is Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I'm, all, my day, all my days are merged into one, so... When they play next, we'll deal with Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday, I've been told. Tuesday, um, yeah. But that that should be a, a great day. And for me, it's all on Michael Smith because how Jose is performing on stage at the moment, there's a, a level that Jose doesn't drop from. Well, Michael but, Smith, well, we're not sure we've if we're going to see that. Drop below 90 twice since Christmas. He's been ridiculously steady since then. 
Yeah, and I think that's what we're going to see. That's what we're going to see on Tuesday. It's all on Michael Smith. Um, yeah. It should be a great game. It really should be a great game and one one to look out for. And um, if Michael Smith, if Jose ain't enough against Michael Smith, I'm not too sure he'll be clapping Michael Smith if he wins a leg. Completely agree. Right, final interview happy. coming up from Jose. Then we can move on to tomorrow. And whilst we're doing that, if you are going to be in Blackpool at any point this week, Fire it in the comments and we'll give you a little shout on the screen, or Joe will, once he's played this interview from Jose. Well, I hope so. Uh, I still play better now uh, in front of the fans. And um, I think I oh, I show to everybody I can play with with crowd. Uh, I have so much fans now with me and people who likes my, my game. And yeah. Um, maybe can I, I make some average, big average in front of the crowd? It was, if I can do that, it was uh, wonderful for everybody. Lovely. That was Jose in his post match interview. And like I've said numerous times, if you want to go and watch the full interviews for any of those, do head over to our YouTube channel. Uh, they'll be pinned at the top. Um, and it'll be awesome. Connor says, When are you allowed to go in Blackpool? Wish I was going myself, but enjoy. Lee is already there, as is Jarlith. They are currently in the same room. Jar arrived today after uh, celebrating his nan's birthday. Happy birthday to Jar's nan, by the way. Um, Bill has already been there since yesterday. Um, Dan will be arriving on Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday is there, yeah. Yeah, Wednesday and Thursday for Dan. Brad, Friday and possibly Cam too. So, spare few... Of the OD boys up in Blackpool this week. Unfortunately, I'm staying at home. I start a new job in nine hours. Um, should have packed my bag ready for it. But as you know, online darts, that's how we do it. Um, Craig's coming down from Scotland on Wednesday. Our boys will be there. Far. I think that's the busiest day for our boys. So keep an eye out for all of them. And if you see any of them, don't forget to say hello. Rightly, we've got four games. Come wave, Charlie. No, nobody wants to see that. He's just put that up on the screen as well, just so he can nip in the background, isn't he? Yeah, of course he has. Here he is. I'm producing the show tonight. And, and to be honest, to be honest, the comment says, "Come and leave us a wave." It doesn't say, "Show us your face." Your hand would have been enough, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a better sight for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just saying what was asked for was a wave, not not the face. Yeah. But there yeah, we go. Yeah. Always takes it too hard, <laughs> Right, four games to talk about tomorrow. Um quick score prediction for these ones and a quick couple of lines on how you see each one going. Last night we just did names of who was gonna win. Absolutely no idea how many we got right. I haven't looked back at it yet. Um never want to see last night's show ever again. Uh game number one, Darren Gurney, Ian White. This is a battle of players who are in absolutely no form whatsoever and are probably five years past the best starts they've played in their career so far. Um, yeah. Do we have to pick one? <laughs> um, yes, you do. And I need a score from this. Um, Nil-nil. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, though, um, just on the basis, like I said, it's a... If it was on, if it was a floor event, it would be a 50-50 for me, just because it's on stage and Daryl Durney's level on stage is better than Ian White's. I'm going to go for, you just know it's another all the way, but no, I'm going to go for 10-7, Daryl Durney. 
and that might change tomorrow when you see him on Twitter because <laughs> that could be anything. It's honestly could be anything. I think it's just it is one of those games with two players not in form. Hopefully, we'll see what we saw from some players this afternoon. People who haven't had that form uh, on the floor producing on the stage, but Daryl Durney wins it for me, ten seven. Yeah, I've I've got Gurney as well. There were signs that. The world when it should have beat Gerwin Price, in my opinion. I think he had an OK UK Open as well. Uh, so I'm going to go Gurney 10, White 8. I think it goes close in this one. Denver's going White 10, Gurney 5. Big step up in that one. Uh, game number two. This could be the start of something very, very special for three consecutive games. We've had some very, very good games so far. Um, the game number two could be really good. Nathan Aspinall against Mervyn Kingley. Which way are you going for this one? Nathan Aspinall, 11-9. Um, oh, we get the extra leg, do we? Yeah, we, 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 we are going to see an extra leg. Um, oh, no, we're not. 11-9? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course we are. But it's been a long yeah, day. Nine, nine each, two plates. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's been a long day. I'm going to go 11-9, but it's another... I expect it to be very close. I think picking a winner in this one is difficult. Picking how many leads there'll be in that probably isn't so difficult. I expect it no less than 10-7 either way. But like I says, I'm going to go for 11-9. Uh, Juanita says, Asp over the king. Ah, ah. Aspinall, hands down. Missy's a big fan of the Aspinall. All of that. Um, I'm struggling with this one. I think if King wins this, he has to win it early. Aspinall absolutely loves a scrap. Absolutely loves a scrap. And the longer the scrap goes on, the hotter that stage gets, the more Mervyn will struggle because the man does not like the heat at all. Um, I'm going to go 10-7 Asp. But this would be one of those times where I'm very, very happy to be proved wrong. Sorry, chat room. I know where you all are lying with this one. Uh, game number three is well over 220-something days now since the green machine, Michael Van Gerwen, won a PDC title. Standing in his way of the second biggest ranked TV tournament in round one, is a mini Australian James Wade, Damon Hatter. Where are you going with this one? MBG. I think it's going to be close. Um, I was I was debating with Jar earlier around the best session, whether it was tonight session that we've just had or tomorrow night. And I said it would be Sunday night. However, when you hear my predictions, we're going to have a great night tomorrow night if they all come in. We know they never do, but... Um, MVG, I think Etta put, pushed him all the way. I think MVG, I'm going to say 10-7, 10-8, depending on the throw, although 10-7 MVG. On Monday last week, I backed an upset in this one. So I'm going to have to stick with my guns. <laughs> Etta wins 10-7. I've made my bed, jar. I'm going to lie in it. That's just how I work, okay? Malaki MVG 10 had a six with a nine data to win it. If that comes in, mate, get a lottery ticket. Crikey. <laughs> Curtis also says MVG 10 six just too strong for Heta. 
Daz jumping in on the Aspinall 11-10. You can't be 11-10, mate. It's too clear at the match play. Uh, after nine each. And then the final game, what an absolute stinky draw for both of these players. Um, recent title winner, Stephen Bunting, and a man who the last time out at the Winter Gardens was superb after Maitayad, Jarliff in the background, speaking to us on our former show on the Arcade. Against Gary Anderson, last year's runner-up. What a great game this will be to finish tonight, Lee. Where are you going with this one? So, in our group, when we was tipping seeds to drop, I tipped Gary Anderson to drop. Um, but I'm not sure if I want to change my mind. No, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. I think Stephen Bunting will win this one. 10-7. Um... It's another one. It's looking at all these games, and I will be very surprised if there is a game tomorrow night that doesn't have at least 17 leads. Because it's very hard. Potentially, if MVG turns up, MVG can destroy absolutely anyone. But then, if he doesn't, looking at the other three games, I see them all being very close. But I think Stephen Bunting takes it tomorrow, and we see... The biggest shot of round one, potentially. Oh, Humphreys, maybe. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly, given Wade's pedigree in leg play and his desire to win this and not the World Championship. I just, wanted to, mention, I just wanted to mention Humphreys being Wade of them, really, dog, just for you, man. So you keep doors off me like that. It's going to be a long week. It's going to be a long week you keep doors off me like that. And we can quite simply... Have one of many in the team replace you. So don't start. I have the power of <laughs> you being sat in the same room as the guy currently producing it because my computer can't handle it. Um, I'm going. No, I've got a feeling though, with, with my comments being a dense wave, if there's one of us being muted, I've got a feeling it'd be you this moment. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't be on tomorrow night's show, but right now, I'm feeling pretty safe. <laughs> You'd be right. My prediction, uh, Gamma just, I think, 10-7. Like I said, I think all these games going deep. Um, but I think he just got that something about him in a minute where he can produce something a little bit special. Um, and I want to see that from Gando in front of the crowd as well because everybody knows, everybody loves Gary Anderson. Um, that rounds up our predictions for tomorrow then Lee chat room you've been absolutely amazing thank you once again for joining us tonight has gone a lot smoother than last night so thank you very much for sticking with us as well Uh, podcast guys if you listen to this on audio tomorrow uh, thank you very much also for listening and tuning in throughout the day Um, like I said earlier we've gone through all of the interviews tonight we've shown you clips of those if you want to listen to the full interviews head over to our YouTube channel uh, they're all there for you and they will be there all week as well. And if you are out on a boat throughout the week and any night, don't forget to go to our website and tune into all the action via our live blog. Various people will be on that. I think most of the week, though, you'll have the glorious pleasure and company of Mr. Jarlis Eaton in the background. There we go. I can be nice. Please don't mute me just yet. one final plea to follow us on all of our social media as well throughout the week and if you haven't done so already 
please like and subscribe. Please like this video and subscribe. It really helps out as a channel, and we really, really do appreciate it. The rest of the week, these um, vlogs, uh, these sessions, the fall bar should be a bit earlier tonight. Obviously, we start a little bit later because of um, the double session as the week goes on and we get less games and they should be starting to finish earlier. So this will be at a more reasonable hour for all of you guys. Um, so once again, thank you very much for tuning in. I know it's like half past four in Australia where Bonita is currently listening to us ramble on. Um, all that's left to do then, folks, is to say thank you very much for listening once again or tuning in. If you've been in the chat room, your comments have helped us massively. And we will hope you enjoy Monday night at the match play after today's bumper session. If you're going up as well, don't forget to drop us a message on social media. The guys will more than likely meet you for a quick drink and to say hello. And a few photo opportunities as well. If you're really, really, really desperate to be in a photo with Lee Boyce and Charlie Feet and um, high aspirations for you all. Thank you very much for watching, guys. See you all tomorrow. No, 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 no. We definitely, definitely, definitely. We definitely, definitely, definitely do not end a show with me being winked. That doesn't happen. That's definitely happen. Right. Both of you. All he had to do was press the button. All he had to do was press the button, Jar. You had one job. If you see me this week, I'm more than happy to have a photo opportunity. I will make sure it is on this stream in replacement of where Dobbs face is for 30 seconds. We'll be able to remove him for a little while. That's fine. But there's no way I was having that at an end. I was, I was basically up to you, Dob. <laughs> Mate, I've had enough of your half past one race times in the morning after the football for the last couple of weeks. Right, this time, genuinely... Thank you very much for watching, guys. Thank you very much for listening if you are listening to this as a podcast. And we will see you all tomorrow night as we finish round one at the Fred World Match Play. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 